Who tells the President of the United States of America that his nationally televised speech could have been better if he didn't have so much oil on his hair? Welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. I love presidential biography, particularly biographies about our 36th president, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now, I'm recording this podcast at our Arkansas getaway, and in my library here, I have about 40 books devoted to Johnson and another 15 or so to the events surrounding his presidency. And you may be wondering, why in the world does Lyndon Johnson, of all people, intrigue you? Well, years ago, I read a book by Robert Caro entitled The Passage of Power. It's actually the fourth volume of a five-volume set. And Caro, who is now 86, is working on volume five with his editor, get this, of 50 years, who is 91. Now, let me say about Robert Caro, this Pulitzer Prize National Book Award-winning author, Caro blends exceptional research with spellbinding prose. And his book, The Power Broker, a Pulitzer Prize winner, has been voted one of the 100 best nonfiction books of the 20th century. Master of the Senate, the third volume of this series on LBJ, also was the winner of the Pulitzer Prize. So back to Johnson and the passage of power. I was in a time of transition in my own career when I read the book Passage of Power. It's all about the transition from JFK to LBJ after Kennedy's assassination in 1963. And as I'm reading this book, I am learning so much from Johnson in the way he handled that super delicate transition and obviously such an important transition for the life of our country. And in the process, I just gained this amazing respect for Johnson for multiple reasons, which I won't go into right now. But I will say this, Johnson is an enigma. He is the best of us and he's the worst of us. Johnson's the guy who writes touching letters to JFK's kids after their father is shot, but he's also the guy who could be downright nasty in his dealings with people. Uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson was a power-hungry man. He needed to be needed. He wanted to be remembered. He wanted to be loved. But he was also an amazing politician with skills that far exceeded John F. Kennedy's when it came to passing legislation, particularly the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And that, too, is another discussion for another time. But today, I want to take you to a book I've been working in since, ready for this, 2017. And the book is Taking Charge by Michael Beschloss, a historian and a very good one at that. Beschloss has two volumes on LBJ's White House tapes. You say, what are you talking about? Well, John F. Kennedy installed a tape recording device in the White House. And when Johnson became president in November 1963, he discovered the recording system and he kept it. In fact, he was the only president, I'm pretty sure of this, the only president to record every conversation he had. 
So this book is a fascinating read. It's 1963 and 1964 and Johnson's conversations in the White House. But it's even better when you hear Johnson in his own words. So get the audible book because it is the actual tape-recorded conversations. I have the book and I have the audible, which for me is often the case. All right, now to the subject at hand, oil on the hair. It's November 1963, and on Wednesday, Johnson addressed a joint session of Congress after the death of JFK. And now it's Saturday, and LBJ is talking with Jesse Kellum. Kellum is the general manager of the Texas Broadcasting Company. And what we need to know is that LBJ and Kellum are friends. I mean, they've known each other since they were fellow students at Southwest Texas State Teachers College in the 20s. And so they have a 40-year friendship. And Kellum, you might say he's a friend, he's an advisor, he's a business partner. And Johnson's calling Kellum to talk with him about Johnson's broadcast holdings. Why? Because Clark Clifford, LBJ's lawyer or lobbyist friend, tells LBJ that those holdings could present a conflict of interest, and Clifford advised JFK to consider divesting himself of those holdings. So the primary reason Johnson's calling to talk to Kellum has to do with the broadcast holdings. But as they get into the conversation, the first thing Kellum wants to talk about is the oil on Johnson's hair when LBJ addressed Congress that Wednesday. Now, the conversation moves a little slowly, but listen to this, because I think this conversation is very important for you and for me. Yes. Mr. Callum on 219 All right, thank you. But I knew that you'd had a million and one things to do, and oh, I believe if there's anything we can do down here to lighten the load, that we want to do it. Sure do. Before we get on to anything else, I'm going to tell you. Hello. Hello. That's you. Hello, huh? I say, before we get on anything else, I just must tell you that I thought your message to the joint session was as good as it could have been. Well, for this content and delivery. Well, thank you. On your uh, Thanksgiving message, I thought they uh, put a little bit too much oil on your hair. Yeah. Because they light it above, and it uh, it gives a reflection that uh, that isn't good. Uh -huh. I just like, um, particularly on television, I think with virtually no oil at all on your hair, the effect is uh, is good. Uh -huh. Now your glasses, I'm I'm accustomed to, and uh, I think it lends a certain uh, or call it dignity, anything else, want to. But uh, might I suggest that the best optometrist that you can get uh, examine the possibility of less color in the rims or the effect of color on the rims of the glass on television appearances. Well, the ones I got are just plain flesh color. I've got some black ones, but they always look so damn bad, I thought. And I don't know whether or not a rimless glass would do it or not television, but you might want to experiment with that. Okay, who tells you you have too much oil on your hair? Or 
Who tells you you got broccoli in your teeth or a little something left on your chin or, or who's the person that fixes your collar if it's half up and half down? A friend. That's who. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves you at all times. And that's why Proverbs also says, wounds of a friend can be trusted. That's chapter 27, verse 6. Now, wounds of a friend, that's an interesting phrase. The commentator Matthew Henry said, plain and faithful rebukes, wounds, are better than flattering love. John Gill said, friendly reproofs, which may be severe, and at least they feel that way, and may grieve and wound and cause pain and uneasiness for the present, yet proceeding from a spirit of love, faithfulness, and integrity, and designed for the good of the person reproved, ought to be kindly received. And Johnson, knowing the critique came from his friend of 40 years, didn't get put off. He didn't say, hey, you know you're talking to the President of the United States of America, don't you? No, Johnson doesn't do that. Instead, he just says, all right, all right. And they have a conversation about how to make it better. Hey, who do you know who loves you so much that they would tell you, you got too much oil on your hair? Because that, my friend, is a friend. And the wounds of that friend can be trusted. So I can say, thanks. <laughs> thanks for helping me get better. And I'll get better because I've humbled myself and listened. You see, listening takes humility. And God says, humility comes before honor. So, Tommy, don't get offended by that person who tells you, I thought they put a little too much oil on your hair. Because more times than not, the person who tells you that is a friend. And the wounds of a friend can be trusted. And that's my thought on my walk with Michael Beschloss and Taking Charge, the Johnson White House tapes 1963 to 1964. My question for you, of course, is what are you going to do with that thought on your walk through life today? Maybe listen more closely to a friend. Maybe say thanks to that friend. Maybe work on being that kind of friend. For my part, I'm working on my review of Taking Charge, and I'll have it up on the homepage at onmywalk.com or under the book reviews tab. So check it out when you have some time.